Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Vol Nation. Welcome to another episode of Believe in Tennessee Football. I'm your host, as always, Kyler Kerbison with Reed Bacon. Coming off a loss to Pitts, heart wrencher. But we're breaking down. We're going to look at some of the negatives, some of the positives that happened, where we really see this team headed, and what can we do versus Tennessee Tech to move in the right direction. So, great podcast. Um, and let's jump into it. Tie the game. Snap. The kick is in the air, and the kick this time is... No, sir, Reed. No, sir, Reed. Final score, Tennessee 20, Florida 17. Pandemonium reigns. Looks, loads up, fires long for the end zone. The pass is going to be caught by Tennessee. Tennessee wins! by Tennessee, Jawan Jennings. Jennings makes the catch in the end zone on the Hail Mary. Down to the 35, to the 40, to the 45, to the 50, to the 45, to the 40, to the 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. What did he do? All he did was score. Joey Pence, touchdown on play number one. All right, so before we jump into the podcast, got to shout out our presenting sponsor, as always, betonline.ag. You know it, I've said it, every podcast, it's the place to go for any of your betting on any sport, anything out there. They got all the news, the stats, the odds that you were looking for. Heck, they got stuff on gold medal uh, things that are going on in the Olympics, um, baseball that's in full swing, golf, everything. So if you know, you're looking to bet on anything, that's the place to go. So uh, you you know sign up online or use your mobile device and get a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Uh, so that's betonline.ag. So before the next tip off, face off, or pitch, head on over to betonline.ag today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, got to shout out a new sponsor. Uh, balance seven so it is a, a ph balancing alkaline supplement that you know just helps boost you earn your energy helps keep you hydrated all that kind of stuff it's uh you know something that you can really use when you're working out when you're trying to get healthy um so it's perfect it's awesome uh so cool thing is we've got a promotion running with balance seven right now where if you go to their website, balance7.com, and use the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout, you'll receive a free four-ounce bottle of My Smooth Skin with any purchase of Balance 7 products. Uh, that product retails for $13.99, so I'd say it's worth it. Uh, again, head to balance7.com and use the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout, and get in on the promotion. I know I will. All right. Welcome in, everybody. I'm going to attempt to stay chipper during this podcast, even though I'm a little down right now with the Vols losing and now the Titans losing. Um, but we're still going to try and have a good time here. Reed, how are we doing, bud? 
Hey, Kyler. <laughs> hey, no. Um, hey, I'm doing well. As watching on YouTube, you can see I got my nice Titans hoodie. Just bought this about two weeks ago. Yeah. Very, very comfortable. Very awesome. Too bad the team sucked <laughs> it up today. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, I get, I mean, I guess the best way to put this is like, I'm a pretty positive person naturally. Yeah. I'm a pretty positive person naturally, but I also can, you would maybe argue that I can be a little bit negative, even, even though I just try to call it how I see it. I think you, when it comes to the Vols are definitely more optimistic, like blind, blind optimistic. I and guess. Like, yeah. And I'm like, no, bro. Like here's, Really, you know, when I was, we were arguing about Pruitt and all this different stuff last year, and you just, you just, it's it just, you bleed so much orange, which I do too, <laughs> but like, I, I try to be a realist. But saying all that, losing yesterday just sucked. But I feel so good about the program. And all I can do is trust my eyes, and all I can do is go go off I've seen two weeks of this team and we're going to dive into it today we're going to talk about offense defense and we're going to talk a little bit about the rest of the SEC and kind of how it pertains to the Vols and then we're going to talk real real briefly about Tennessee Tech and basically what we just need to see from the Vols but I still I still feel really good about this coaching staff I, I really do we're one and one and I would rather be two and oh but it's very hard for me not to be optimistic about the about the future. So. Yeah. Yeah, they always say, you know, when you're watching film, it's never as bad as you think. It's never as good as you think. So, I mean, like going back, there were times – first reaction to the game, watching it live is like, God, we have so many penalties. We have, you know, so many turnovers. And, like, this is just not good at all. But then watching it again – there were penalties where it's a pass interference that the ball is 15 yards past the wide receiver, where it's like, we shouldn't have gotten that pass interference. There's the personal foul on Cade. And I'd rather say, whoa, than sick him. I mean, he's just trying to dump a dude again. Um, so like, I'm, it's not great, but it's better than the alternative. Um, had a false start. Uh, with Cade like trying to get the play call and he clapped and then Darnell moved on the other side. And I think there was another one that it was just like some of the penalties. Oh, like the, the banks where he tackled the dude and suplexed him. Like, yes, that is a penalty. I think it's dumb that it's a penalty because what else is he supposed to do at that moment? It's That's just what like, I was that's what I was about to say, too, is like, and it really made me mad later in the game, and for you folks that maybe were at the at the game uh, and didn't watch it, the, the announcers, well, first off, besides trying to have to hear how Kenny Pickett and Peyton Manning are supposedly like, basically best you friends, Kenny, best friends, you guys. You would, have Kenny, you would have thought Kenny Pickett was like Peyton's son that no one knew about. I mean, like, get it. We don't care. Like, awesome. We heard it. You said they literally said it four times, I think, where it was like he did the right thing. He put his name in the hat. He came back like, all right, great. He wasn't that good. Like he wasn't good enough to get drafted high. I still don't think he's a very NFL type prospect 
quarterback. He's a good college quarterback for sure, but like, I don't care about all that. That, that was so annoying and so just repetitive and dumb. But anyways, the announcers were saying like, when Theo Jackson did it, one of the announcers was like, that's not how you're taught to tackle. And I was like, sir, you have never played football in your entire life. I was like, I was taught, you know, you keep your, when you're coming up, you put your head to the side, use your shoulder, come in and you wrap up. And if you can grab them back there behind the legs or behind the knees and dump them, like take them, them to the ground. Yeah. Lift them up off the ground. That way they can't move anywhere. It's, it's, it's just, crazy. I mean, for, for me as a little guy, yeah. And he said that. And, he, and, and so like, I, and the thing about the, 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 um, the banks one, like you said, like, if you're tackling someone and they're moving, you're kind of, it's like, what are you just trying to do? Fall down? Like, no, if you can, you pick them up. Like, so I get it. It's, it's a, it's one of those just frustrating rules of football. Um, and I get it. Like, just don't do it. Just basically hold him or like try to fall down with them. You know, obviously he doesn't want to have a break tackle, but the Theo Jackson one really pissed me off because he came in, he stuck, he wrapped him up behind the thighs and, and you know, drove him into the ground. Like they did, they did take it away. They like called the penalty and then were like, no penalty. No, right. I know. Yeah, because they realized like, oh, that was dumb to call. And then also like the freaking return field goal and two penalties offsetting after a change of possession, like in where in the rule book is it go back to the offense? Like it's, it happened after the change of possession, like everything oh, else. You're that talking about, you're talking about when Theo returned the kick. Yes. With everything yeah. else after the change of possession, it's not like if there's a block in the back on a punt return, they don't re punt. They put it a block. They put the 10, 15, whatever it is yards on the return of the punt. That's exactly what it was. It is a return kick. So there shouldn't be this go back and re-kick crap. And then they pin us deep. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I don't know why that was. I'm not sure why that was. That was tough to see because I knew he was going to have a chance to house call that, which he did. Um, I thought that was dumb for Pitt to even allow us to have that opportunity. And and Jeremy Banks has just got to be smarter about that. Like, you got to know if you're there, just stop. Just put your hands up. Like, literally just let Theo Jackson run around you because that could have been a big play in the game. But – um, but yeah, some of the, I'm sorry. Yeah. Some of the penalties were just really, really frustrating. And the announcing was really frustrating too. I mean, the rest it, overall in general did a horrible job with those penalties, just stupid stuff like that, like that rule with the change of possession. And then also like that first down. It was by Hendon, I mean, it was, it was apparent, like obvious that he got the first down and to not, not give it to him it was just absolutely ridiculous. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure, and I don't know if if Heifel said anything after the game why he didn't um, try challenge. To, yeah, I didn't hear anything about it. Did you? Well, I was think I didn't hear anything about it. I was thinking in the moment he only had one more timeout, and that was probably why he didn't want to challenge because he knew, you know, I don't have that much time on the clock. We are down. Like I'm going to need that timeout later, most likely you know, ended up not needing it because we threw a pick. But I think that's probably why he didn't want to do it. If I think if he had two timeouts, he would have done it. Yeah. Because that, that's what going through my mind as a coach. Right. I'm like, crap, like I don't want to waste this timeout if like these refs are just going to screw me anyways. Right. And, that you was... know, have confidence in yourself that you can get fourth and one. Now, that, that... Mm, the play call, mm, I don't know about. 
it's always it's always the the hindsight 2020 because i was i was watching on tv and i see the first down, i'm like all right first down and then i see the marker and i'm like wait what it's fourth and inches fourth and one like how was that not first down it was a blatant first down and i'm like it's all right we're gonna get the first like who cares just hey it's a yard let's get it if you if you if you can win this like you should be able to get a yard to win the game and then mm. they make a hell of a play and i'm like oh hell it's because they screwed us on third down. You know what I mean? It's like hindsight 2020. And it's just yeah. like, you know, and, and, and it, it just – it. let's just say this. We can go back and forth on the bad calls uh, from the refs and all that stuff. It goes both ways. It really does. I mean, I thought there were a couple we got away with uh, PIs and stuff. But let's go ahead and jump into uh, what yeah. you saw from the, from the offense. Yeah, so – Obviously, the big story coming out is Joe and his overthrows and just really not being able to have touch in the ball. Um, even though his first throw to Jalen was exactly what we were looking for improvement-wise, it was high up in the air. He couldn't even see it on the camera. It gave him room to get up underneath it. It was exactly what you wanted. And then he just reverted back and started throwing these lasers, started overthrowing everything. Um, and I was like super curious. I talked to, um, a VFL quarterback, uh, through text. And I was like, what do you think about that? He's like, he might be scared because he underthrew balls before and just has like a mental thing. And so I like looked back at like Michigan stuff and they, you know, fans, I was like reading like the boards and, you know, fans are complaining about the same thing. Like he can't throw a deep ball. Well, he can throw anything under 15 yards. But once it gets past that, it's, it's all over the place. It's inaccurate. And then I'm like, okay, well, what the heck, like, where did this come from, from him? Obviously he was a five-star in high school. Like he's a good player. So I went and watched his huddle tape and something, ha something had to have happened in Michigan to, to mess up the way he throws the ball. Cause his huddle tape, there wasn't a deep ball on there that was like the ones he throws now, not a single one. All of them had loft. All of them took a long time to get there. There weren't bullets. So I'm like, you did this your senior year of high school and did it great. You had great deep balls. You were letting the, your wide receivers run underneath it. And now all of a sudden you're overthrowing everybody. You're throwing it on a laser on a rope. And like, I don't know who got in your ear and said, Hey, this is the way you're supposed to throw it. Some quarterback coach, some, you know, coach at Michigan, some camp that you went to, but like, that's not it. Like you need touch on the ball. And if he continues to throw the ball like that, like, I don't see how Heifel keeps him in the game. I, I really we went to, Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And it's exactly what I said. I've said it multiple times. Like, I'm not going to be surprised if we see another quarterback um, at some point during the season. Now, we've already seen Hendon Hooker, and that was because of maybe some injury. And maybe the coaches kind of got lucked out that they didn't have to pull Joe yesterday and that he went down with a, an injury or whatever. You know, I, he did get hurt, but I'm saying they didn't have to pull him for overthrow and then worry about shooting this guy's confidence a game, basically one game in. Yeah. But when we, when we went to practice, all I wanted to see is – People been you, you. We had started to hear at that time. We started to hear the chirps of Joe and Joe and Joe. And you and I were like, "No way, this guy wins a job. He's behind the eight ball. I trust these other guys." And then we get there, 
and we see him and the first things I see of routes on air and, 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 and they're doing all this stuff, the receivers, he was the most accurate. That's what's crazy to me is he was the most accurate. Like Harrison and Hendon both had overthrows um, on out routes, on deep digs. And then even the deep balls, I thought Joe threw the best deep ball. And so I'm like, I went into this practice expecting him to be the big arm monster that everyone talks about, but he's just a loose cannon and he can't control it. And I left that day like, no, like, I see why he's going to be the starter. I see why the coaches are making him the starter because he can hit the shots. Like, he just doesn't have just a big arm. And now we were two games in and it's like, wait, what? You, you see what I'm saying? It's so like, I don't. And, and so there are these guys like we've mentioned that are just gamers that they either don't practice well and then they're really good gamers. And then the other guys, like, the, like I'm not throwing shade at him, but Jared Garantano, who supposedly always looked great in practice and then he would come out and just make boneheaded mistakes. So yeah, maybe, maybe Joe's one of those guys that he does look good in practice. And then when the lights come on, it just, gets in his head a little bit. I was very happy to see he stood up in the pocket and he made a great throw to Hyatt. And, and I'm like, okay, great. Maybe he's on. But then then he has it the then he has the overthrow to, to Callaway, to to Walker Merrill, to Javante Payton, and the one that was really bad to Cedric Tillman, where no one was around Cedric Tillman and it was a great, great uh play call. And it's like you can't right. win football game you can't win football games like that. And it takes me back to the orange and white game and I and, and we left that orange and white game and we were joking we were joking about Jack Jansen and I said Kylo if they see one-on-one coverage they're taking shots every time it, it, every because time. because we're either going to catch it. it it's like you got you got a you got a better shot of something good happening for UT in my opinion because you're either going to catch it or you're going to get a PI okay the worst thing that happens is an interception um, but I like I like our odds. If it's an incomplete pass, okay, you're still keeping the defense honest. You're still keeping those corners and those safeties honest. So, like, I think percentage-wise, it's in favor of Tennessee to take these deep shots. And mm-hmm. we saw that Harrison Bailey completed them. I I was a little surprised we didn't see Harrison and we saw Hidden yesterday. And then I've kind of thought about it, and I kind of think I understand why. Um but those deep shots are, are are so critical and so important, and I don't want to keep beating Joe up. But like, if you can't hit those, you, you, he's not going to play. Yeah, it's so. it, it's also like like the play he got injured on where he fumbled. I, I was like screaming at my television, just dude, you the guy's running directly at you. Uh, yeah, there, you should never fumble that ball. That should never happen. You see him; he's coming through the a gap which their defense took advantage of our running backs and pass protection. And, it, and you know, they say on the TV, and you might see from, um, you know, the stands that it's a delayed blitz, but that's not really what it was. What it was is the linebacker was on man coverage of the running back. Yes. Saw yep. that the running back was staying in the block. And he's a free goer. And just took yep. off. Yep. And the running backs were the ones who were supposed to pick him up, and they didn't do it. So we had multiple sacks where the running backs are not seeing that. And now, you know, we have a freshman in there and I'm very proud of, of Jalen Wright. Like it, it is a tough scenario to be in uh, to just get thrown in the game. And 
you're it. Like no one else was playing at that moment. Um, that one looked like to me that it was. It almost looked like Jalen Wright was too far up to the line of scrimmage, and which so he might have been. He he. And lost so he him. was correct, correct, because yeah. he was up on uh, he was up on the center's butt, like trying to help. And he loses him, and dude runs right by him. But I will say, Jabari Small, before he went out of the game, he had a hell of a blitz pickup. He came and chopped dude's legs out, and, and Pittsburgh guy did a whole full clip. I don't know if you saw it, but it was a hell. That's the crap you got to do as a running back. If that guy's coming screaming off there, come in and take his legs out yes. and, and flip him because it's going to hurt, and that guy's not going to be coming in screaming like that again. And if no. he does – if he does, he's that boy is going to be thinking about his kneecaps. And sometimes it's even easier to pick up that kind of blitz because there's tendencies. You can see the safety over top. You can see that it's, you know, zero coverage or like you can tell the guy's coming. The delayed blitz, what we said, that's where you're like, I have no idea what he's doing. He's just standing there and then he takes off and you weren't exactly looking at him. Um, you were looking at more of like, oh, I can chip this three technique for my guard yeah. and help him out. And then yeah. you get caught up in the shuffle, um, which, you know, I'll talk about the O-line real quick. And, and I think it did hurt not having Cooper there to where we have a solidified five. And there was the rotation. Uh, Kingston and Ollie both played. But honestly, I was more dis disappointed in Spraggins. There were multiple plays where the Cantley number eight for Pitt was just eating him alive. I mean, Spragans didn't even get a hand on the guy. So it was insane. It was it's, it was so bad. Um, you know, a couple of sacks were his fault. Like you just can't have that. Like it, you cannot get beat that easily. Like it looked like freaking Aaron Donald versus a high schooler out there. I'm like Spragans. I know you're a better player than that. I don't know why you're ducking your head into this guy um because that's mainly what it was just like swim moves and and rips around him uh so i was just very disappointed in that play uh, by spragans and obviously they're going to be watching on film and pointed out because it's not good it needs to be fixed so i know you won't be able to see it but i'll at least hold it up spragans has to be better Right there, I put it on my notes, and it Master. was early, and this and this is only the first page of notes, so it was early in the game. You and I did not talk about the game once again. We did not no. talk about this, so no. I wanted to wait and see if Spragans is your boy. You like Spragans, you like Carvin, you like their nasty and all that. But I was waiting to see a if you called him out and saw what I saw. But he he like you said, he just got whipped. He got whipped. He had a couple. Um, Holding calls. I, I'll just be honest. I was I was not happy with the offensive line play at all. Darnell Wright and Cade Mays are supposed to be our two best players, and we have a chance to go up seventeen to seven at this point. And you've already hit on it, but Darnell gets caught, gets all clapped off sides, and then Cade comes in and cleans up. You got to be better. You got to be better than that. You can't you can't do that stuff. And I just felt like. I just felt like the offensive line was was pretty poor, um, and it makes me nervous. Even though I do think Pitt is a good defensive line, a good defensive team, like it make it just makes me nervous for for the rest of the, you know when we get into SEC play. Yeah, um, I, I mean, 
and it I do was, think having Cade back will be will help. Yeah, having Cooper back will definitely help. But Ooh. it was it was Cooper, talked about before the game, like Pitt's front seven. That's the strength of their defense. Like they're going to get after it. Like that's what the good part of their defense is. So it's like, oh, okay, like you're going to have to lean on the offensive line now. Technically, like their technique, their effort, all that kind of stuff was not bad. I thought they did a very good job in that. I don't like, I don't remember pressure from Darnell or Cade like getting beat on the edges. I, I don't either. I don't either. But like you said, it's just the mental mistakes that they need to clean up. So when you, you, the one thing you had told me um, yesterday was something about the O line. And I was like, you think we lost because of the O-line? Like, it was not the offensive line that, that caused a loss or anything like that. I thought they played pretty well. I thought Spragans himself needed to play better. But it also is just the mental stuff. But, I mean, you could say that about, you know, Banks, too. He had two huge penalties that, you know, were really bad for us. But overall, I thought we fought the entire game on offense which was great to see. We were, you know, I didn't – it didn't feel the same like the second quarter of Bowling Green last last week where it's just like, oh, we're dull, like we can't do anything. Like, dude, that pop pass over the middle, fake draw by the quarterback, pop it over. They ran it once with Joe, and he hit Fant for a nice first down on third and long. Then they ran it with Hendon, and he hit uh, Jacob Warren for a touchdown. I absolutely love that play because it is so simple. It's so easy to run and it catches that defense off guard so easily because you have runs that do the exact same action. Like you we do had just done, we, had, we, had, we had just done those, both those QB draws with Joe when he took off for 50 and Hendon. Yeah, exactly. So I absolutely love, I absolutely love that play. I thought it was such a, um, a great drawn up thing. Uh, I love that. You know, Heupel's not afraid to run the same plays again. Like, he, he he doesn't get, like, discouraged by, you know, a play happening and getting away from it. Like, Joe missed uh, Princeton on that wide-open throw, but then he ran it with Hendon, and Hendon hook, hit uh, Jacob and got him down inside the five. So, it's like, okay, we're going to – like, these plays can work. You just have to, you know, execute um, – so it's not always, you know, the X's and O's. Sometimes it's the Jimmy's and the Joe's. So they need to do a little bit better of execution. And another thing about Joe is his running. We talked about it last week, how it kind of seemed robotic. It, he only ran a few times. You know, he had that big, long run where, you know, no one was near him. But another one, I was just like watching him do it. And I'm like, he's slowing down to try and juke a guy out. The way he needs to run is like Derrick Henry. You'll never see Derrick Henry see a guy one-on-one -on -one with him and slow down and try and juke him out. Like, he's not LaShawn McCoy. The What he does is he runs straight ahead and just moves over a foot once he gets close enough to the guy. So instead of the full force of that guy's shoulder into him, he gets the guy's arm, and then he can run through that. He's not worried about it. That's the same thing that Joe needs to do. If Joe continues to play, if he's our starter, if he, you know, plays for us, I have no idea what that's going to look like. He needs to understand how to use his strengths to, you know, like his size, his, his literal strength of his arm and a stiff arm. Like he needs to understand how to do that to his best ability because 
this slowing down and trying to juke and all that stuff. That's not you. That's Hendon. Hendon can do that. Hendon can spin. Hendon can juke. But you got to run through a dude, run through arm tackle, stiff arm. Um, but, yeah, just, you know, get on my well, soapbox real quick. First, first off, it's, it's tough bringing up the Titans because we look horrendous in all facets of the game today. That, that offensive line, whoo, they, that offensive line looked horrendous. Derek didn't even get, get a chance to really get out and run. But um, we got to give credit where credit's due. And I, I will say, from last week into this week, I did see Joe take off like I asked him to one time. On that 50-yarder, he put his foot in the ground and he left. Mm-hmm. And he, he was a little bit faster than I expected. So that's what I was personally wanting to see. Like, when you make the decision to go, you take off and go. And he did. So I don't want to beat up on the kid too much. Yeah, there was one later where I know you were talking about he slowed down and like kind of like tried to stiff armor guy or juke or whatever. Hey, it's fine. Like I still thought he was productive when he ran the ball. Yeah. I also thought Joe did a good job of stepping up in the pocket again and keeping his eyes downfield. Um, so for my knock on him, it's just the overthrows. We we all know that. Um I don't think that we lost the game because of the offensive line. I know we texted last night and you thought that's what I was saying. And you said, hold it safe for the podcast. I just am worried about them moving forward. I do not think we lost the game because of them. Me for offensively, before I maybe give you some, some actual more, uh, maybe like actual plays and and players and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. The reason I still feel so comfortable after this is because we lost yesterday but Josh Heupel, if you – I just trust my eyes, and it is a thing of beauty to watch that man call offense. It really, really is. I did not feel that good about an, about a, just an offensive game plan since when – I know he gets a, a lot of bad rap, but, and people will probably say DeBoer. Do you like Mike – or you like Coach DeBoer? But when Coach DeBoer – schemed up that that Florida game that you guys lost your senior year and that Bama game you lost your senior year. Both those games, heartbreakers, but I thought those offensive game plans were awesome. And I feel even better than I did then because Heifel's our head coach. I love so much about that guy. I love that he doesn't get frazzled on the sideline. He just calls. Oh, my gosh, it's insane. It's insane. I didn't see emotion out of him at all. Even on the bad penalties, they they put the camera on him and he's just – Okay, right. I, how different is that than Butch and just red and, and Pruitt and Pruitt and, and they and run Pruitt. over to the refs and start screaming their heads off like it's so much different. Where Hype was just like, yeah, like you know what you did wrong. I'm very disappointed at you, and I'm going to bring it up in film in team meetings in front of everybody. But you know what you did wrong. So that's so at. As I've said this on the podcast, if I've gotten older as a player, ex-player. I just love those coaches that are just calm, cool, collective. Like you said, they're going to tell you. And as a player, I didn't need a coach to undress me. No one was harder on me than me. Facts. No one. So, like, I don't need you to undress me and embarrass me and just ruin my confidence. I need you to – let's have a conversation about it. No, you can still have some of those guys, some of those coaches on staff. You can still have your Rodney Garners. You can still have your Coach Eckler, which I know he's fiery. I don't know if he's necessarily – will undress somebody, but you can still have your fiery coaches. But I love Eiffel. When you see him, he doesn't get too up. He doesn't get too down. He's It's like he, when he, you know, as a quarterback, as you know, he's um, that even kill. And he probably knows because he has to call play calls and he has to stay in, doesn't want to get too emotional. But, like, 
I just feel so comfortable with him on the sideline. Uh, honestly, we've, we've talked about him a couple times already. Titans look terrible today. But I trust Coach Vrabel. Like, so when my Titans take a fat L on a Sunday, I'm like, yeah, that sucks. But, like, I trust we'll be back next week. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, like, we're only two games in, and we're one and one. And I already feel that with Hypo. I really do. I, I just I, – I know everyone's entitled to their opinion, but I wish people will just give him a chance and – hopefully see what I see. Like the guy out there is going up against a team that has nine kajillion super seniors. Their quarterback played well. He was 24, 36 or 285 yards throwing in two TDs. He did a good job on the ground. So they, they, they had the better quarterback. They have the older team. Their defense is good. Um, all those things. He's Hypel is behind the eight ball. We know it. We 30, 30 transfers. He had, you know, by the end of the game, his starting two running backs out, a defensive end that didn't get to play, his starting quarterback out. Starting like, center. Starting center out. It's just like there was a lot of stuff that went wrong. No. We could not catch a break. We didn't have Byron Young. Like, we didn't have some pieces on this team. And this guy still gave us a chance to win the game. Yep. But like I said, because of his play calling, I think he's I think he's a wizard at play calling. I, you brought it up earlier. I love that this man doesn't overthink it. If something works good, go back to it. Why not? If you find something and he does stuff where he, he builds stuff off each other. He did the QB draw. I Another thing I loved, being balanced is so important <laughs> offensively. And this man knows he had a really hard time running the ball with his running backs because Pittsburgh was doing a really good job at the line of scrimmage and they, their linebackers were doing a really good job shooting gaps. Mm-hmm. But Heupel still knows he has to be balanced. So what does he do? He gets the quarterbacks involved, whether it's a quarterback draw, whether when Hinden was in the game and he just started rolling Hinden out, you yeah. know, to the right. I mean, just did like, the, it was like a toss to Hinden, but Hinden had the ball in the first place. It was like, correct. yeah, it was a great play design. So, so like all those are really, that's so smart. Like he knows he has to keep Pitt, Pitt honest if, so they don't tee off. So like, those are the reasons that I just felt so comfortable about everything about the game. Like I hated that we lost. And yes, that fourth and one, I know hyper wishes he had that back. And I know all of all nation wishes we had that play back. I don't know what the play call was. It did look like if it was a read option, I don't think it was, but if it was a read option, it looked like him. could have easily walked in the end zone. I think it was just a regular handoff and Pitt sold sold out and they make plays too. And as a coach, as you, as an old offensive lineman, I guarantee you it's fourth and one. You're looking over there and you're saying, let's can go. We can get this yard. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and it just didn't happen. So it was just terrible that it happened. But and, and we're going to get to the defensive part of this. Um, offensively, I always said it. I didn't care who was at running back. I felt like we were going to get production. I was happy with the production we've got through, through two weeks. Um, quarterback. It's basically what I said, whether it was Joe or Hendon or even Harrison, I still trust Heifel, and that's that stays the same. So right there, there's quarterback I was happy with, uh, running back I'm happy with. Tied in was very pleasantly surprised yesterday. I was happy to see Prince of Fant and Jacob Warren. So there's the three offensive, or offensive uh, groups. Receiver, it's, it's two weeks through, and we haven't seen one thing of Jalen Hyatt. And it, and it hasn't really mattered, to be honest with you. It hasn't mattered through two games. Yeah. We still have – we still have Tillman, Jones, Peyton, which he had Callaway. a lot of balls thrown to. 
and, and then Callaway just took off. I mean, that was a hell, that was a great block by Cedric Tillman on that. Mm-hmm. And it was a great play by Callaway just to go and, and just see you later. You can't teach speed. So once again, all the offensive positions I'm not worried about except for offensive line. And, and, and that's okay. Let's get Cooper back. Let's see how they adjust. Let's see how hype and the rest of the offensive staff schemes up protections. But I just can't wait to see how we progress through the season. And I really can't wait to see if Heifel can freaking recruit man and get some dogs on offense, he's going to be an absolute machine. And in this, in this college football, you have to score to win games. And I trust him. I trust him to put points on the board, even when he is completely behind the eight ball talent wise, injury wise or whatever. Yeah, it kind of sucks because, like, both the players that we called out as, like, players to watch was Cooper and Jalen, and they both, like, aren't even playing mostly. Like, Jalen gets hurt, like, on that first big throw. So, it's just uh, it's just par for the course. But, yes, the depth at wide receiver is amazing. Um, and, like, another thing that I, I wanted to point out is there were times when Hinden was in and I thought maybe the play calling was a little too – complicated or razzle dazzle like I don't like Hendon rolling to the left and he's right-handed like I just think that's dumb and the two times we did it one was almost a fumble it was an incompleted pass but he threw it to the guy's hand and then the other one was a fumble where the guy just took it off of him so like I don't I love Heifel and what he called but like those little places like that's not what you need what you need is that bubble screen off to the side and then let your players let your playmakers make plays like Callaway, well, yeah, but, like let but Kyler, him take off and, and go score a touchdown. Yeah, but bro, every play call is not perfect. We, I mean, I know we, that. I, mean, I know that, not, but don't hey, – do not have a right-handed quarterback roll left who just got in the game. Uh, and okay. and the, the first time he did it, he almost gave up a fumble. Don't – I like – I, I said earlier, like, I like the fact that he likes to call the plays again. He thinks they're going to work and, like – I understand that you want to roll to the field because that's where you have more room and he has more room to run and all that kind of stuff. But in that scenario, seeing what happened last time, understanding who Hinden is and how he's fresh into this and he has no protection over there, like, let's dial it back a little bit. Let's do a play action and dump it over the middle. Like, that. I, I don't know. That's just how I feel in that moment. Like, I, like if I was out there playing, I wouldn't feel like that would that would – work and be a great play pit uh pit did a really good job eating up those play action little tight end dumps they did a good job and i think that's why later in the game he started going to the middle of the field instead of the sideline to sideline um overall though i'd love to have the fourth and one back even though it really technically didn't matter because we still our defense did a hell of a job and got the ball back and Hinton just makes a fourth row. Um but but I mean offensively for me, I, I don't really have anything else to add to it besides the fact that you get this quarterback thing figured out and you get some of the offensive line figured out. And I, I feel I feel great about where we are yeah. this first year. We gotta keep we got people gotta remember like this is still his first year, and I know we want to win, but we want, we were not favored to win that game. That is a good team that we just competed with. Like, let's 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 continue. Let's see how it goes. Yep. Like season's season's not over yet. There's still some other games that we have out there to play. Yeah. And before we move on to defense, I do want to shout out Coach Eckler and the special teams because they played amazing 
on Saturday. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. The blocked kick, he told the, the announcers before the game started, he's like, watch for the first punt. We're about to block it. Like, literally right. told them. He, he saw it on film. The blocked kick, the returned kick, that, like, was really good. A lot of the returns, we got good returns during the thing. We had great coverage on kickoff. So I, I thought he has done a very good job at coaching up and developing those special teams because it's something that, you know, a lot of people overlook. I mean, shoot, we overlooked it first week. We talked about offense and defense and even mentioned special teams. It happens all the time, but it is a very important phase. Um, I mean, the first punt that we had just downed it at the freaking three. Like, what an amazing punt by uh, uh, Paxson, right? I think that's his name. Yeah. Just, I mean, like that kind of stuff can really change change the tide of an entire game. So I I I loved to see that. Tennessee football is a game of momentum, and it doesn't matter where you can get it, how it's manufactured. You you have to ride the waves of momentum when it's not going your way, and you have to bounce back. And when it is going your way, you have to ride that momentum too and, and take advantage of it. And I thought the special teams did a hell of a job of giving us momentum. I mean, defense does great. We come out, we block the punt, um, you know, and then we, we score, and then we, we have defense to stop again. And technically, we should have been up 14-0 if, if we connect on one of those deep passes. And so, for me, I always knew. I, I was sitting there watching the game. I knew it wasn't going to be a blowout. I knew, hey, this momentum's going to stop at some point. Pitt's going to settle in their good veteran team. I was just hoping that we were up 14-0, 21-7 before that momentum, before the game really gets settled in. You know what I mean? Before mm -hmm. everybody settles into the game and starts playing for both sides. Um, but no, I mean, special teams, it was, they did. I, I even thought our coverage on special, I mean, we were eating on those kickoff. Uh, I mean, I mean, and that's, it's, it's field position is huge. In, in football, but it's it's even bigger when it's evenly matched teams or games like it was yesterday. Those tight games, man, field positions big time. Yeah. Big time. So, so we'll move into we'll move into defense. Um and the first thing that I that I want to say is I am so very much impressed with our run defense. I think we can stop almost any team from running the ball. I I, I I just feel like there's it's the linebackers and outside linebackers and safeties just they they pull the trigger. They don't hesitate. It's none of that. Uh, you know, our defensive linemen do a good job at like a little bit of penetration, but taking up blocks to where those guys can pull the trigger. And they just go after it, man. There, there's no there's no waiting around for it. They all of them set the edge perfect. They they make the balls go back inside. They don't let anybody get outside of them, get you know, get the edge on them. And I'm just so very impressed with the run, the run defense that we have. Now, flip side, the pass defense. This is a combination of things where, you know, it might be miscommunication on the back ends. Uh, you know, I saw a few times where, like, guys turned and looked at each other like, what are you doing? Uh, could also just be no pressure uh, from the front four where, you know, quarterback guys all the time in the world. And then, you know, there's those plays where he starts rolling out and starts running, and then it's a free-for-all. It's like this has nothing to do with what your coverage was. It has everything to do with how quick you can react and start running with the guy as he breaks off his own route. 
Um, but you know what I did like, there wasn't any huge plays, wasn't any like deep, deep balls or, um, you know, we're just like 10, 15 yards past our corners, which is something that you wanted to look at and wanted to see is like what happens on those deep balls. Um, you know, the deepest one I remember is like the one that it was like a jump ball and and Burrell wasn't able to get it out of that guy's hand, which I'm like, dude like 50-50 ball, you had great coverage, like got to get your hand in there. But, I mean, honestly, like big plays. The other one was like um, – I think it was like a slant to one of their wide receivers and then literally just got lucky because one of their own offensive linemen ran into the back of him, and that made our guys miss on the tackle, and then he got another 20, 25 yards. So that in and of its like I, I did not like that you know guys were open he you know Pickett was eating on third down but I didn't feel like there was those enormous huge big plays that happened once again I I'm positive and it's not because I'm just trying to do this or or manufacture positivity or whatever if I didn't like what I saw I would tell everybody but I love what I've seen through this defense through two weeks. The fact that these guys bowed their necks like they did on all these short fields and only gave up field goals, kept this team in it, kept yeah. fighting. Those I, two I, those two drives before half where it was short field and it was just field goal, field goal was incredible. It, it, incredible. Now, you played offensive line. You played defense, too, in high school. But but I've always I've always been a defensive guy at heart. I love defense. It gets it, it makes me just feel so much pride and happiness, especially when my teams, the Titans or the Vols or Catholic or whatever they do it. But hell, I could be watching any football game that I don't care about. And if I watch good defense, it just gets me juiced. When people are flying around and people are swarming to the ball and giving effort. And I remember a defense coordinator, one of my favorite coaches, Coach Corm, told me one time, he said, he said, use as an opportunity when, when your offense gives you the ball up and you only got, you know, they're on the 18-yard line. They're basically already in the end zone. That's a freaking opportunity. You can ask any of my friends. There's nothing that gets me more jacked than a goal line stand. There's mm-hmm. nothing, you know what I mean? And the fact that our defense bowed up like that and gave us a shot is incredible. Now, first off, Tyler Barron has really impressed me this season. I'm not a hater. I thought he would be good. I did not think he would be this good through two weeks. I did not think that he would be making the splash plays that he's been making, okay? Yeah. So I thought going into the year that he would be very good and steady Eddie Force, but I did not expect this. Um, Theo Jackson, this is some of the best football I've been seeing played from a nickel corner. In Theo first. Jackson is the best player on our team by far, the best player. So, as we all remember, I loved Rashawn Golden. I loved Cam Sutton. Both of those guys were third round draft picks in the NFL. I don't. I haven't. They, they did not play better than what Theo Jackson's playing right now. It's just. It's just. He he is on another level. And that is a fun position to play. That is actually one of the more fun positions to play because you do get to be so active in run support, blitz pickups. You don't have to be usually on the outside guard and use the best receiver or whatever. You can almost just kind of freelance and 
I know you don't get to freelance, but you get what I'm saying. You get to be more inside the action, more uh, opportunities. The guy's been playing incredible. So Theo, Tyler Barron, I'm going to tell you someone else who's impressed me is Matthew Butler. Once again, I'm not a hater like with Tyler Barron, but going into this season, I did not expect much, and I was like, Matthew Butler seems like he'll be pretty good. He seems kind of like that rah-rah guy who's going to be a good leader, but is he really going to produce on the field? Meaning like, will he really make that much of an impact or will he just be kind of one of these guys that talks a little bit more about being a big rock? I, I, I'm not explaining that well, but does it kind of makes sense. Like, I felt like he'd be that senior in high school. It's like, come on guys, we got to do good. And he makes like one or two plays a game. But like, yeah. no, Matthew Butler has been awesome. And he, I know everyone loves Elijah Simmons. I love Elijah Simmons, but he gets overshadowed. Matthew Butler gets pushed almost every freaking time I see it. And that guy's energy and how hard he runs the ball is infectious. And I love it. I mean, so, so those three guys I had to go ahead and, and, and um, just say two weeks in, they keep, they keep making plays. I think this is a perfect example of our defense. It's third and nine on Pitt's like second offensive possession. And they throw a shallow route. It's like a, it's like a, a deep shallow or a little drag route. Yep. And in all, in, in, in the past three to four years, five it's years. I first think, down I think, for sure. Yes. Yes. And I saw that yesterday. The guy even made a guy miss a tackle. He made a missed tackle. But there were so many people there. That guy, after making one of our guys miss, he didn't get another yard. Nice. And I sat back and I saw that and I said, I said, that's impressive. I said, that third and nine for the past five years, would have, whether it was Butch or Pruitt, I said, that would have been a first down. And I said, and I, and I don't want to give a bunch of credit to, to Tim Banks. I mean, obviously he's doing good so far. Like, he, you know, maybe it is his coaching. I don't know. But maybe they just got a really good group of young men over there that compete and they fight and, and they swarm to the ball. And you can't coach effort sometimes. And so sometimes it's just nice. And so defensively, I thought that, I thought that was such a, a good um, – I thought it was just a good – metaphor and a good representation of how we've been playing this year um for me going through some of the other notes besides talking about baron and uh theo and um and matthew butler i thought mitchell and banks both did a really nice job on some run plays i thought they bring great energy to the defense they're good leaders i felt like they shoot the gaps really well once again, I thought they tackled well. I thought the whole defense tackled pretty well. I thought the open um, field open field tackling is incredible. Uh, like yes. I, we have not seen open field tackling like that in the past five years. Like you, like you were saying, like the, no, no, never, never have I seen that. Like I don't, I, just, I don't remember a miss, like a real like missed tackle yeah. that was like one on one and a guy just straight up missed him. I even felt like there were some times there under Butch and then under Pruitt that we would have guys that were just diving in there and they weren't wrapping up, they weren't breaking down and they were doing just kind of garbage. But you see that all the time in, in college and in NFL. Um, but I just love that we're breaking down and, and, and making those, those tackles. Um, another thing on, on defensively too is the rotation at linebackers. It's very impressive as, as a, when I played linebacker in high school, I would have hated to be pulled in and out because I would have felt like I never gotten the, the flow of the game. 
but it seems like these four do a really good job together because like I don't see Banks and Mitchell when they come back in like they're disinterested or they they're not still fully in the game. And when I see B, B, uh, Page and Beasley, I'm impressed with those guys. I think they do a good job. Like one of the things that I've really noticed about the two of them is when they're in their pass coverage, they do a really good job of the linebackers of turning their head and finding and getting depth. A lot of linebackers get in a bad habit where they'll take their read steps and then they kind of just like float there. And they'll and they stare look. at the quarterback's yes. eyes. Yeah. Yes. And, and the they... quarterbacks are like, and the quarterback's like, okay, great. I'm going to throw it right behind you. These guys get really good depth. They find receivers around them. And then they do a really good job of breaking on balls, bringing a pop when they get there. I just, it's really impressive to me that those four guys can rotate and still be as effective as they are when they rotate. Because I know, like I said, when I used to play, that would have pissed me off and it would have thrown me out of the game. Meaning like, I felt like I would have never gotten in the flow. And just as a competitor, you don't want to be brought out of the game. So I've been really impressed with those guys. Now, secondary wise, that second, that, that, I guess it was the second touchdown. That's just good coaching. You brought up that we saw something on film and we got a block punt. Pitt saw something on film that knew, hey, these guys are aggressive. And like I told you last podcast, I said, we're aggressive and Pitt's going to use that against us. And they did. And that's when they scored on the double pass because they throw out there. And if you see it, we had three guys bum rushing up there to break down, make the tackles. And then it left the backside safety because Trayvon Flowers came up. So it left Tank on the backside to try to get across the cover and he just couldn't. So it was a good job by the pit coaches and they used that aggression against us. But I was still happy with how our corners played and how our secondary played. I thought that one PI that Trayvon Flowers got, that was kind of BS because you already said it was over his head. It wasn't catchable, but I thought they competed really well. I thought they were in good position. I thought if someone did make a catch on them, they, they did a pretty good job making tackles I thought, like you said, Warren Burrell was in great position. The guy just – that was a hell of a catch by the guy for Pitt. Mm -hmm. So, everything I've seen defensively, I've been very, very happy and impressed with. And there was there's, – there's, with the lack of overall – Stop. I don't want to say the lack – I don't want to say the lack of overall talent because that's a knock on these guys. But just like maybe we'll say the lack of depth or whatever. Like, I think these guys have played really, really well. And another thing is I saw on, on Twitter and then I saw the announcers talking about like this hype will this hype will offense is getting going so fast and these guys are just gassed by the second quarter. I never once thought they were gassed. Like not once. Like I saw a pretty like he's he's got a blue check mark on Twitter. He's a guy from Nashville area that that comments on uh college football. He was talking about us being gassed by the second quarter. I'm like, bro, I don't know what game you were watching or what, but I was like, I didn't think that, I thought we played with the great energy the entire, I never saw us thinking we were gassed. I don't know if you saw any of that. No, I didn't necessarily see that. And, you know, some of the points you're making, like, yes, I do agree that they play with effort. They play with heart. You know, they're not giving up on plays. They are good in certain techniques, but it's still, they let up 41 points. Like, it's still like, there has to be, there has to be something better. You know, they're not perfect right now. And no, and no, you know, you can't let up 41 points. If you're letting up 41 to pit, imagine what Bama is going to be like. So that's what just worries me a little bit. I'm like trying to find, you know, what is it about this defense that, that you know, Pitt was able to keep just keep drives alive. I mean, there were so many third downs converted 
Like we were not able to get off the hold field. Hold on, hold on, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Hold on, hold on. First off, Kyler, you got to remember who this defense is coming into this. You got to remember what we, our eyes saw at spring practice. You have to remember the players we've lost, the newcomers that we have, that we got Tim Banks, who is, we were all worried that he was going to be terrible. We all went into this season saying, hey, this, this defense ain't the steel curtain. We just got to get them to give us a couple opportunities. And that's what they've done. That's why I'm saying they have been very good. And first off, you just said it earlier, they build their necks up on a lot of short fields, okay? We gave them – we gave um, a bad fumble. We give we gave them a lot of bad situations. And we don't have four and five stars at linebacker, a bunch of dogs. Like, we don't have that yet. So, for who they are and what they are and what we thought they were going into the, the season, they are good. Like, I just – and they okay. – and first off, first off, you were talking about all the first downs. Um I think at one point Pitt went one of seven in the second half on third downs. Okay. We forced them to punt seven times compared to they only forced us four times. Okay. And then our offense lost two fumbles and had an interception. Now, one thing that Pitt did do defensively better than us was sacks. They had five sacks. We only had two. Now, was that because of the offensive line? Was that, like you said, was that the quarterbacks? Was that the running backs? It doesn't matter. I just, I get it that we gave up 41 points. But I'm trusting my eyes and what I've seen, and they're a hell of a lot better than what I expect coming into the season. Yeah, I guess, I mean, I understand that point of view. Obviously, I want better. Like I said, I want turnovers from our defense. We had zero both games. I want less points from our defense. But maybe it is just like the reaction at the moment. Like, I got my hopes up even though I said before the season started, like I only see us winning five games and like maybe that fifth game is Pitt or South Carolina or Missouri, but like our four wins are going to be, you know, Bowling Green, Tennessee Tech, South Alabama, Vandy. And, you know, now I get one week into it. And I'm like, dude, we should be so much better than this. What's happening. So I don't know. I Maybe it is just like of the moment that I just want us to be so good, but you're right from what we saw in practice, what we knew we had on the team and what we didn't have on the team from losing guys in the transfer portal, this is a good performance by the defense. And you have to stop saying, well, I, I don't want to see what Bama's going to do to us. We got to stop talking about Bama. They're, like I said, they're in a league of their own. Let's see, let's see what Dan Mullen does first in two weeks, okay? Now, maybe I go come into that game and I'm like, oh, my gosh, our defense looked terrible. We couldn't get any stops whatsoever. But as you said, this is college football's offensive base. And if you get – if you force the other team – I know we didn't get any turnovers, but if you force the other team to punt to you seven times, that, that's, pretty, that's pretty strong defensively in the, in, the, in the football that's played now in college. So we just – we're not going to hold teams to – you know, 150 yard total offense and zero points and all nobody's going to nobody in, in college is really going to do that. I mean, yeah, Georgia and Clemson did it that first game, but let's, let's see what happens. So just, just keep in mind where we thought we were going to be and what this team's done with the talent that they have. I mean, I, I just, I would be pretty happy, but anyways, um, you want to go ahead and jump into a little bit of the SEC? Yeah, we can transition to that. Cause we are already kind of talking about those teams, but um 
you know, I really enjoyed watching that Missouri-Kentucky game because I was like, okay, great. We're going to play both of these teams. I get to see both sides, like what what they look like, what what kind of teams they are. And, I mean, it definitely looks like, I mean, Kentucky is going to be a tough game for us. Like they, they are a better team than they have been in the past. I think Stoops has done a good job, like, building them up uh, to this point. But I do feel better about Missouri and South Carolina. I mean, South Carolina – last second field goal to beat Eastern East Carolina. So those two games, like I feel good about Missouri and South Carolina this year. And I feel like we could honestly have six wins if we beat those two. Um, what else? I mean, Vandy's Vandy. Uh, but yeah, in Arkansas, Arkansas beating Texas, like huge win for coach Pittman, love coach Pittman. And, you know, like you said earlier about coaches in which have a good demeanor and, like, don't just, like, try and tear you apart, like, that is Coach Pitt. Like, he will never scream, yell, MF you, any of that. He's the guy to say, like, okay, I'm just disappointed in you that you did this. And it it, it hits harder that way. Um, so whenever he did get the head coaching job there, I was like, I know they're about to be good because he's just that kind of dude. And he's a hell of a recruiter, too. So I watched a little bit of that game and I loved what Sam Pittman said at halftime. And, and, and let me, let me put a disclaimer in there too. I'm not saying that you have to be even kill and that you have to be like hypo to be a good coach or you have to be a screamer. I said this on one of the other podcasts, like if you're a screamer and you're fiery and that's what you do, like Nick Saban, Nick Saban will chew anybody out. I mean, he chews his own coaches out. So obviously in my opinion, he's the greatest coach or greatest college coach definitely in my generation. So I'm not saying it's just, I'm not saying one's better than the other. I'm not saying that personally, I do like how Heupel is. And I do love how Sam Pittman is when they interviewed him going into half. He said, listen, we got the best defense coordinator in the nation, which Barry Odom is a hell of a defense coordinator to have. I, I actually do think Arkansas has two of the best coordinators you can have with, with Barry Odom and, and, and then our, our uh, Bryles um, as their offense coordinator. But I like that 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 Sam's like, hey, this is what we did well, you know, and this is what I'm happy to see. And he let his coaches coach, and he said, this is the adjustment we're going to make on the coming back out, and we're going to go from there. So I'm happy for Arkansas. I think he did a good job. I am happy as hell we don't have to play them. I'm so happy we don't have to play them. Um, Kentucky, I still think they're in a better spot than us. I think they're a better team than us. The one thing that makes me have some hope about beating them is they are very one-dimensional. Yes. So, so that That's makes me feel true. okay. And I do think Missouri is going to be a toss-up game with us. I think I think if we beat Missouri, that's a good win for us. I, I thought Missouri looked fine. Um, and then, like you said, Vandy's garbage, so let's let's make sure to take care of business of them. But this is a huge week, and I'm so happy that Florida has to play Bama before they play us. Do, will it make that big of a difference? Probably not, but I'm happy as hell that it's someone else and not us because I was so sick and tired of always playing these big games and then having to go play Bama or, yeah. you know, like getting beat up by Bama one week and then the next week we have to go to South Carolina and South Carolina just got done playing, you know, Tennessee Tech. It just, it's so I'm happy, you know, and, and we'll see how Florida does, but that's really it for me from the rest of the SEC. I didn't, I watched a little bit of stuff, but you know, I mean, you know, Auburn, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, like they all play cupcake teams. So they right. all just blew them out. So it's like some of those games you're not really like paying attention to. 
Um, Bingo. So, I mean, that's 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 part of it. Like, I don't give a crap if Alabama beats Mercer. Like, who gives a shit? Yeah. But uh, that is a good that is a good point for you to make that they have to go through Alabama first because it was always like we had Alabama, which is our hardest game of the year every year, but we would play Georgia and Florida before them. Correct. So it's just like Correct. you're just beat to crap and then yep. you're playing Bama. Um, and like my senior year, we played Oklahoma, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, then Bama. And yep. it was like, come on, dude. Like what a freaking gauntlet that was to try and just get through that. But, you know, one out after Bama. Okay. There you just, go. With some respect on my name. Yeah, so, no, I'm happy. We'll see how that is. But, man, I'm so fired up for this Florida game in two weeks. Um, for, for Tennessee Tech, all we want to see is we play a good, clean game. Personally, I would probably like to see some of Harrison Bailey. Um, I, I don't know if Joe's going to be able to play. Um, if Joe can play, give him more opportunities to take some deep shots. Like, let him try to work some stuff out. If not, let's see Hendon. Let's see Harrison. Um, I hope we come out of the game clean. we got to clean up the penalties. Um, we got to clean up the turnovers. Let's see if we can get a couple turnovers defensively yep. and um, just do what you're supposed to do in this game. These used to be like when we weren't playing a very good team in high school, it was a stat game. Let's go ball out. Let's go get some stats. Like let's play how we're supposed to play and just handle business. So that's what they need to do against Tennessee Tech. Yep. Everyone, everyone knows that. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, things that I want to see are the, the Joe Milton's, if he does play the deep balls being completed. Um, scheme wise, offensively, like I, I, it doesn't have to be complicated. I want simple, some simple plays that work well and just executed correctly. Um, and just not necessarily trying to be flashy. Uh, you know, I want to see defensively, I want to see our D line get pressure on a quarterback without a blitz. I felt like there were times this past week where our pressure happened when we brought an extra guy, when we brought a linebacker in, when we brought Theo off the edge, something like that. Um, I felt like there wasn't a lot of times where it was just four guys rushing that we got really good pressure on Pickett. I felt like he had a good amount of time, so I want to see that. Now, I did see them run a ton of games, which is like twists and stuff. So, they're def- I mean, they're trying to get there. I think Byron coming back in is going to make a huge difference. I think he'll have – if he plays next week, I feel like he'll have at least two sacks. Like he is that talented of a guy. And like we saw his skill level that if he's one-on-one with a tackle, he's getting a sack. Um, and like turnover, just give me at least one turnover. I need to see a turnover more, you know, lawnmowers pulling at the ball, more punching at the ball, more trying to get picks, all that kind of stuff. I just want to see more turnovers which I think is a very easy thing to accomplish. Um, So next week, is there, you know, let's pick some guys to watch for on offense and on defense like we usually do. Um, And I'll start on offense. And it's because we talked about it earlier. I'm looking at Spragans. I'm going to watch him like a damn hawk um, and see what he has to offer because – if he can't, you know, up his play, um, then like put someone else in, move some stuff around, slide K down and put Davis in at tackle. Like that's what's going to have to, like you have to continue 
to succeed, like you have to continue to do a good job and not be beat like a drum those times that he was, or you will be replaced. And that's just how it goes. Like that's just how it goes in sports. So I'm going to be watching Spragans like crazy this coming week. Offensively for me, I will go with, um, well, I just thought about something. Can, can, this is just like a PSA. Can we stop? Can we stop begging for certain players that we haven't seen yet? It, 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 it was, it takes me back to when I lived in Nashville and I was listening to the Titans that just drafted Derrick Henry. And these fans would call in and be like, where's Derrick? Where's Derrick? Where are we going to see him? Where are we going to see him? And, and you and I used to talk about, like, he's not in the game because of two reasons. DeMarco Murray was still playing at a very high level, and, and uh, Derrick Henry wasn't trusted run blocking. And so pass I was blocking. So, so sick. So, yeah, pass blocking, excuse me. And so I was so sick of that. Now I feel like everyone has this obsession with D. Beckwood. Everyone. Like, I see it on Twitter all the time. They're like, put him in. We got a 6'3", 240-pound running back. He could have gotten one yard. Like, guys. Trust the coaches. The, they saw these guys at practice. Okay, so that's why they think Evans and and Small and Wright and even Pierce, who got some, I think, in the in the first game. Like they, those guys are more trusted. So like these coaches are seeing it. We're not seeing it. So why do we think as fans put D Beck with the game? You're not at practice. You're not seeing what they're seeing. So like trust them to make that decision. And also, everyone's been, like, uh, clamoring for Morvin Joseph. It's like, if he's good enough to play, he'll play. But, like, he's not playing right now. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just – PSA, I just thought about that because we're talking about players to watch, and I'm just so sick of these guys, like, just slobbering over to see some of these guys. Like, guys, if if they're good enough, they'll get their chance. Um, For me, offensively, I want to see – I'm going to say Callaway. we saw that he has the, the, the speed. He can't teach speed. And uh, let's see if he they use him again to take the top off against Tennessee Tech, see if they give him some other little bubble routes or whatever, or little screen. So I'll say Callaway. And defensively, um, defensively, I'm going to go um, – I'm going to say Byron Young if he plays. I'm going to yeah. say Byron Young if he plays. And if he doesn't play – um, if he doesn't play, then I'm going to go, I'm going to go opposite end. And I'm going to say Tyler Barron. I want to okay. see he's, he's made some really good plays so far. And I want to see how he does against lesser competition. He should be able to go out and get a sack sack and a half this game. Yeah, for sure. I, I, that, I was definitely leaning that way. Like if Byron Young plays, like I would, that, like, I, I cannot wait to watch him just, in general, not, you know, trying to break down anything, just like being a fan and getting to watch him. So hopefully he does play. I would love that. If he doesn't play, um, I'm going to go Jawan Mitchell. And the reason why is because I haven't, there hasn't been anything to pop out from him yet. Like we've seen the plays from Jeremy Banks. We've seen plays from, from Paige. We've seen Theo all over the field it's like I, for a guy who's coming in as a transfer, who was supposed to be like a good leader on this defense, you know, who's a leading tackler for Texas last year. uh, I I thought like, okay, like this guy is going to be our replacement at middle linebacker. 
and I just haven't really seen anything yet. And I don't know if that's just like getting lost in the shuffle. There just like hasn't been that opportunity yet. But I think I remember like, you know, him missing uh, him missing like batting a ball down uh, with a guy coming across and he was in zone coverage. So it's, I, I want to see something from him where it's like, okay, that guy can lead this defense. Like he's leading this defense. He is a playmaker out there. He can be a good player for us. Um, so yeah, just like a little bit more from him, but definitely going to be watching if Byron plays for sure. Fair, fair. Well, I know it was a tough week. I know it was a loss. I, I wish we would have performed a little bit better in, in the very crucial points, but I, I'm going to tell you, and I know as a fan, when you get close, like that yesterday, that game was close. I really felt like we beat ourselves. They didn't beat us. We, we took it from ourselves. I get those are the real frustrating ones you want because you're like, even though we're rebuilding, we still had a chance to win, so you should win. But I just can't help but feel really, really good about – I just I just trust I, – I just love the fact that I trust our coaches. And yeah, as for, of I right mean, for the second game of a guy's tenure, like it, it points in the right direction. Yes. You see it yes. as okay, we're we're moving forward. This wasn't like those last few games last year where it just looked pitiful out there. Uh, pitiful, 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 absolutely a joke. Like, in one la one la last thing, this team, offensively and defensively, both handled adversity well, and that's a kudos to the coach. When Hendon Hooker first came in the game, and it looked like we weren't even gonna be able to score. This could have easily been last year, two years ago, where we end up losing this game 40 to 20 because we have some lat, like end of the game score that doesn't matter. But this team didn't. They stayed composed. They fought. He made some great play calls defensively. They didn't stop battling. And that's part of it because that's about building a culture. And I thought they, I'm just telling you that the, it's it's good to see. It's good to see. People don't yeah. understand that is a big deal about when you're building a, a team up. Yeah. So I agree. All right. Well, great pod. Appreciate it. Um, yeah. So thank you guys for watching, listening. Uh, subscribe, like, comment. You know, I love the comment section. About to hop on there and respond to everybody. Um, let us know how we're doing. Let us know what you think. Reed loves the uh, the jabs at him. Um, I think I, I think I saw one person say, "If this guy says my notes one more time." <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. My notes. My notes. My notes. My notes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm looking through my notes, and um, but yeah, I, I you know I love love the support from you guys. Love love the banter back and forth uh follow us on social media at kyler kerbison on facebook instagram and twitter uh at our bacon 26 on twitter at believe in tennessee on twitter um and if you want to reach out to us just individually not necessarily in the comments we have an email believe in tennessee football at gmail.com and a phone number 865-322-9232 uh so yeah just let us know on that and uh, on the next one, on Tennessee Tech, super excited. As always, go balls.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.